You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network's Weekend Fantasy Update. Rocking you on a Saturday, rocking you on a Sunday. And uh, Frank's got I'm the doing tongue, my devotion doing, to Scott Engel. Love it, love it, love it. Scott went to see Kiss last night. I'm just, I'm I still think a Kiss cover band. No, Kiss I don't think it was band. Kiss. Yeah. Yes. So that's pretty cool. I'm here rocking out. There you go. Got the, the tongue wagon action, Scott Engel style. It's pretty good. You have a, a, a long tongue. I like the way it extends. It's impressive. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> Like that's, it, that is. That's Frank Stanfield you hear right there. <laughs> and uh, Mike Florey can't stop from laughing right now. I don't know what I can say back to that. <laughs> well, well, thanks for uh, joining us uh, this weekend on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As always, uh, Pete Constantori is uh, producing the show, doing a great job. You can hear him on the producers every Sunday from 1 to 3, also on demand. Uh, tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio if you want to give us a call. And ask uh, Frank about his tongue. 844 843 6879. Boy, what a week. It's like I closed my eyes and summer just totally skipped us by because we've had such a warm winter right in the Northeast. All of a sudden now we're getting snow, it's cold, and football! Is in the news. A lot of football this week. Awesome, right? It's like a football hot stove. Yeah, it sucks. Well, it doesn't suck because I'm, I'm getting pumped up for baseball. I'm ready for baseball yeah. to start. Yeah. Watching the WBC and then bam, out of nowhere, we just get smacked in the face with like a ton of football news. Well, that's to the NFL's credit that they their league just, it's on all 12 months of the year. There's really no off-season anymore, you know. Last weekend we weren't around the uh we had some combine coverage which was great. Uh but then you have the draft coming up, you know, you, we we're dealing right now with free agency and 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 whatnot and then before you know it, you're going to have mini camps and then full camps. So it's like it's it's a year-round uh situation with the NFL. It's yeah. it's great, you know. Yeah. And and fantasy and, football is you know, it is the biggest sport for fantasy. So, I mean, it gives us something to continue talking about year-round. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, with all the moves going on, right. it's just like... And we've tried to do that for the most stuff. part on Fantasy First Look, which you could hear uh, Monday nights from 8 to 10, you know. Um, because you, you kind of, as a fantasy football player, you almost can't go uh, into full baseball mode and forget... You know, about football. You have to kind of keep up with it. Otherwise, I feel like that tends to happen to a lot of people, though. Like, yeah, it's, it's right a natural now, occurrence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're studying up for your baseball draft. Then yeah. baseball's going to start. And then about like June ish, right. you're like, oh, I should start. We were just talking about how some people, like, like you just said, in June ish, all of a sudden you kind of fade away from even covering your own uh, fantasy baseball team. And then you start to focus on on uh, fantasy football because like we're gonna remember all the big moves, you know. Like we're gonna remember Brandon Marshall's a giant and Alshon Jeffries on on the Eagles. But mm-hmm. then we're gonna be like, oh, the the Saints do have Ted Ginn and, yeah. and Robert Woods is on the Rams. Right. I, I for, like mm-hmm. I feel like that's a natural thing for people. Mm-hmm. Well, look, if you forget, we're gonna go over uh, a ton of moves. Uh, if you forget, you gotta always uh, go back to our show on demand. Yeah, you can. And refresh your memory. Put this one on your little bookmarks. There you go. March 11th. As a favorite. Weekend fantasy update. Yes. So uh, where do we want to begin? I thought maybe it would be a good place to begin with 
the Redskins because they just so much news with them. Just a totally dysfunctional team franchise, right? I mean, maybe they ought to move to Orlando because, I mean, they're looking like a Mickey Mouse franchise at this point. I mean, uh, it's still not the Knicks. That's true. But uh, you'll be talking about that, right? And see Basketball Weekly at not the noon, Knicks. right? No, not much to talk about no, the Knicks, Knicks nowadays. They're finally out of the news and they're terrible. So, But in terms of franchises that are, you know, a circus, <laughs> right. you know, the Redskins are up there with the Knicks, the Jets, of right, course, right. as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I life think, is a I circus, think, pretty much. I think the Redskins... Uh, or even more of a circus than the Jets. I mean, they, they signed Gruden to a two-year extension, uh, I guess just to show that there's maybe some continuity, some kind of like aspect of them moving forward. They fire, uh, was it GM, Scott McLuhan? Yep. Uh, I mean, it looks like the, the players really hate president of the team, Bruce Allen, and it uh, looks like they kind of took McLuhan's side. I mean... Uh, Allen can't sign Cousins to a long-term deal. Cousins personally asks owner Dan Snyder, who's pretty much been a clown for many years, to trade him. Uh, it looks like he wants to be a 49er, Cousins, right? And, uh, and not many people want to do that. Well, he wants to. they say he wants to reunite with former offensive coordinator uh, was Ka- it Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan right? which makes sense. Right. So they end up giving him the franchise tag, signs a one-year deal for almost $24 million, but... I mean, they can still trade him, but it looks like he's going to stick around. But it's crazy to me that they can't sign him to a long-term contract. No, they could. They easily could. He well, wants no, to. Yeah, but they're choosing not to. Yeah, they, like, it, well, it's now absolutely I think he's so pissed off that he's almost saying, look, uh, I'm not dealing with Allen. You know, yeah, no, the, the team president. No, they, I, I, maybe he's, he's just so uh, insulted years. at this point. Two years in a row, he's wanted a long-term deal with this mm-hmm. franchise, and they're the ones refusing to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was... Uh, top five in passing yards this past season. The mm-hmm. Redskins were 12th in points per game this yep, season. Yep, yep. It, the problem is not on your offense. I mean, and, and it's not Kirk Cousins. Like, mm-hmm. how many franchises right now would be killing for a Kirk Cousins? The Jets, right, to right. name him one. I mean, the 49ers are another team that would be clamoring, would be happy to have him. The Cleveland Browns. I mean, there are so many teams that need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Redskins don't even realize what they have, right. and they don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. It's absolutely baffling to me. I agree with you. Something that you bring up all the time, Mike, is that the Redskins are one of the the teams that spend the least amount of money on their defense. Yeah, they put a lot of it into Josh Norman, but besides that, what do you have around him? So, Kirk Cousins, you could tell me, oh, well, you know, he lost the the game for them to get into the playoffs and down a stretch. You know, he wasn't as clutch as they needed him to be. But you know what? You look at his season all around, and and two straight years of 67% completion ratio, nearly 5,000 passing yards this year, 25 to 12 TD to INT ratio. He's not the problem. I gave him a little grief earlier about being a little streaky, but he kind of came on. Oh, and he's righted the ship on his home road splits. But just to play, like, I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy, but just to play devil's advocate a bit, you add up his two season salary, he's making close to $50 million. Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand, to ha- feel sympathy for a guy <laughs> who's like, I want a long term deal mm-hmm. when he's set for life already. Right, right. I mean, the security, though, you want it. And yeah, I guess you want, you want. The Redskins are, you know, he's on a rookie deal and, and No, no, he's out making and, money. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you could understand their point of view a little bit, too. It's like, we're paying you, now go do your job. And, and I mean, I would give him a long term deal if I was the Redskins, and I mm-hmm. understand why he wants one. But. It's really hard to feel bad for a guy making that much money. Yeah. Joe brings up a good point about continuity, too. I mean, it it all starts at the quarterback position. We talk about how many teams that would die to have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. 
the continuity starts there at the top, at right. the helm. If you right. can lock him up for the next five years, at least you know the direction that your franchise is headed in. People give uh, Eli Manning a lot of grief. But look, this guy has been the Giants quarterback for a long time. He shows up every every weekend. And look, I mean, they haven't been the most successful franchise, but he's they've won two Super Bowls with him at the helm. So, yeah, I mean, having... And you have to think they're they're right in contention for number three now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we're gonna we gotta spend a little time on that a, a little later. Let's let's just knock the uh, the Redskins and, out of and, the way. You know, the Redskins should, a, a lot of teams should look at the Giants model. Yeah, and see how they did it. Obviously, not everybody has an Eli Manning, but right. if the Redskins can lock up a guy like Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, that's similar to the Giants. Like you have your quarterback, and mm-hmm. then maybe you you draft wide receivers and running backs around him, right? and then you just sign defense. Mm-hmm. Like, the Giants have been able to do that. You, we saw just last year, they signed, you know, the best defensive class, and, and they yeah. came out and had a great defense this year. And it seems like as long as Eli has been around and the years that they won the Super Bowl, he's always had a great defense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. The, they the should problem... use the Giants as a model right. to, to try and, like, structure your franchise around the way that the Giants do things because they do things the right way. Right. Not everyone's going to have an Eli Manning, but, you know, look at his regular season numbers. He's not the greatest quarterback. No. He comes up in the clutch, but maybe you give Kirk Cousins a chance in the postseason and see what he can do. He hasn't even been there yet. No yes, reason why he can't. They won the division two years ago. Okay. But, <laughs> but the biggest flaw with the Redskins is... You want to put money in your defense. The mm-hmm. way to do that is to give Cousins a long-term deal with a lower average yearly income. Right. And then, right. you know, maybe maybe it's 19 it. yes. or 20 instead of giving this guy 25 mil this year and eating up money on on the defensive side of the ball. Right, right. So you talked about how good their offense was. I mean, they, they finished uh, third in yards per game. You talked about the they were 12th in points. So... Uh, they did add, they lost a couple of uh big time receivers but they did add uh, Terrell Pryor who had a breakout season for the Browns uh signed into a one year deal 6 million plus 2 million in incentives uh looks like the market wasn't as hot for Pryor as originally thought um but look i mean he had a kind of a breakout season last year and playing on a one year deal i think it's a good move when, I mean, when you look, the Redskins still have some offensive firepower uh, in uh, Dotson, right? Uh, he's going to join Pryor on the outside. I mean, Jordan Reed, if he's healthy, tight Jameson end. Crowder. Jameson Crowder on the inside. So, uh, I mean, oddly, all is not yet lost. Yeah, I say Pryor's stock is going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's going to, like we said, there's going to be a lot of targets there. The Redskins are an offense that passes pretty mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Plus, he is going to be the number one now. An improved quarterback in an improved system, I would say. Right. So, I mean, you got to like it. I was a little bit excited for Doxson and really excited for Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. I still am for Crowder. I think Doxson's uh, value takes a little bit, uh, takes a hit here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at what Pryor did last year: seventy-seven receptions, over a thousand yards, only four touchdowns. But he had a great year, arguably wide receiver two numbers with Nobody McCown throw the ball throwing him the ball, yeah. Cody Kessler throwing him the right. ball. Now he gets Kirk Cousins, who we just spoke about. Right. Nearly 5,000 passing yards, 25 touchdowns. So I think Terrell Pryor can exceed this year's numbers. I think he can hover around 80 receptions, over 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. The touchdowns are automatically going to go up playing right. in the Redskins' offense. They're going to be closer to the red zone. 
and he's a huge target as well. Now, I do think that they're going to use Josh Doxson towards the, the red zone as well, as well as Jordan Reed, that, you know, he's also, one of the best in the also, game. Uh, but the it's Reds a good problem to have. their offense a little bit, too. I mean, the guy could run with the ball a little bit. Jason you know. Crowder was good in the red zone for them yeah. last year as well. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't think all is lost, but but they still are a Mickey Mouse franchise. It's really <laughs> baffling to me from the Browns' perspectives here because you see the contract that Terrell Pryor sound, uh, signed. He's really betting on himself mm-hmm. this year and right. hopes to get probably a long-term contract next year. Right. How many players actually want to play for Cleveland? And Terrell Pryor comes out and he says, I'm willing to die on the field. All mm-hmm. I want to do is win. You know, I, I want to be in Cleveland. I want to play, play for the Browns franchise. He played for Ohio State. Do you think State. he's really willing to die on the field? <laughs> I'd say no. I mean, if you play for the Cleveland Browns, you might have you to, to be lie, honest. Mike. No, 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 I just think that's one of the, you know. Should we bring Terrell Pryor on? Is Terrell Pryor lying? Should yeah. we play a little game of is Terrell Pryor lying? But, we take that game one step too, uh, too far. But the Browns, I mean, they signed Kenny Britt to a four-year, $32 million contract, the mm-hmm. same amount annually that right. Terrell Pryor is getting. Terrell Pryor is the the younger player. I mean, not not to forget, Kenny Britt came into the league very young, so he he still actually is young himself. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just think, I mean, the guy who wants to play for your franchise and had a great year last year, I mean, in my opinion, can only get better as a wide receiver. It's only his first year as a wide receiver. Yeah. And I mean, he's not to, the guy that you would build your team around, but... Definitely a, a a good piece of it. I mean, obviously they need to decide. And like you mentioned, he brings so much versatility yeah. too. I mean, you could throw him in the backfield. You could have him line up as quarterback. You could do some wildcat stuff with him. Maybe some trick plays too. But he's already shown the ability to to run routes, to go up and make great uh, great catches mm-hmm. uh, in traffic. I mean, he can stretch the field. He's great in the red zone. So it's it's really baffling to me that the Browns went out and opted to sign Kenny Britt. Instead of Terrell Pryor. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. Um, Deshaun Jackson, former Redskin wide receiver, moves on to the Bucks. I love this move. Yeah. Not I mean, really for Deshaun Jackson, for everyone around him. No. Yeah. Screw Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's going to be what he always has been, mm-hmm. at least the last few years. A, a boomer bust wide receiver, right. too. Not going to get a ton of targets. Going to take a lot of shots down the field. Mm-hmm. When they connect, you know, he's going to have great games. Going to probably be a top 10 wide receiver that week. And when they don't connect, he's going to be probably outside the top 30. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He, he automatically makes Winston better, right? Because oh, yeah. Winston has that strong arm. And, and like you said, I mean, uh, it's gonna open. hopefully Jackson won't be as much of a boom or bust kind of guy this season, but he's definitely a, a deep ball threat. He helps also uh, Mike Evans. Yeah. Right? Takes a little pressure off 100%. of him. Right? And, and Cameron Brait. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys are going to get easier days because then, like, the safeties yeah, are going to have to And I believe know, in Cameron Bray, too. Threat. I think he could do uh, have another good season. Yeah, the only concern you know? for me with him is uh, can he stay healthy for the full like 16 games? Bray? But yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, I like him a lot. I think he's, you know, one of those tight ends if you miss out on the top guys, he's right behind him. But uh, Mike Evans, I mean, we see Odell Beckham do it all the time, you know, mm-hmm. run those slants like 15-yard slants across the middle of the field and break him out for a long Touchdown. I'm thinking Mike Evans has a lot of that in him this year. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that 100% too, especially because if he's running across the middle and you have a safety that's being attracted to Deshaun Jackson on the outside who has to guard him deep, I agree with you 100%. He's going to have opportunities to, to take you know slant routes, post routes, and go to the, go the distance now. because Everything is set up for the, for the, the Bucks offense to be great here. 
You have Mike Evans who could be a possession receiver. He can go deep. And then you have Deshaun Jackson on the other side, a speedster who can attract the safety. Cameron Bright across the middle. And then if they get a running game here, I, I mean, was we still... I the only concern really is their running game, right? I mean, we still don't know what's going to happen. four games, yep. using Adderall. Uh, I think they still have Charles Sims. They yes, re-signed they uh, Jacques Rogers. I mean, right? they've been in on Adrian Peterson. So, right. I mean, we'll see if that happens. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine if they sign Adrian Peterson, they'll probably let Doug Martin go. But they just mm-hmm. signed him to a big contract last year. So, right. uh, that's what's interesting. We'll see what happens with that. But with all the receiving options around them, whoever is the starting running back for this team has a great opportunity here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great move for the Bucks. I agree with both of you. Uh, why don't we take a break right there? Still have tons and tons of uh, football news to cover. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm Joe Galina. Find me on Twitter at Joe Galina. Find Michael Florio. At Michael F. Florio. And find Frank Stample. At Roto underscore Frank. Joe, can we just start a petition for you to change your, your Twitter name? <laughs> what would you at like Fantasy to change? Jesus. Uh, you could start it. Why not? If it gets uh, enough traction, <laughs> we'll see. I'm surprised there really isn't one already. I, I think there was a Fantasy Moses or something. There was something I'm something religious. Right? I'm on fantasy it. Fantasy Jesus. That has to be you. <laughs> um, and, of course, you could find the guys uh, along with me on the... Uh, Damn it. Mo- on it's the taken. Sh- it is taken, huh? The Fantasy Jesus and Fantasy Jesus is taken. Wow. I'll sue. You could, I'll a, sue. you could throw a number at the end. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy maybe, Jesus with money signs instead maybe, of S's. I was going to say maybe instead of an E, use a three. Fantasy Jesus AD. There you go. <laughs> you <laughs> <be that. laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you can spell fantasy F-N-T-S-Y. Uh, right. There you go. There you there go. It's very smart. Yeah. This uh, is happening. <laughs> when you come in next week, I'm going to have a petition with like 50 signatures for Joe Galena to become FNTSY Jesus. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you uh, want to reach out to us, uh, give us a call. Let us know if you want the Fantasy Jesus uh, hashtag. Everyone or the, wants uh, the Fantasy Jesus. There you go. Uh, 844-843-6879. You need the Fantasy Jesus in your life, don't you? Uh, at FNTSY Radio, uh, Pete Constantori Doing a great job, as always, producing our show. And uh, so, uh, lots of football news. We, we just spoke about the Bucks. Um, why don't we move forward uh, to the 49ers, uh, the Redskins, uh, who we started off with. They also lost Pierre Garçon to the 49ers. Um, what do you guys uh, think about him? I'm wondering if Brian Hoyer actually starts the year as their quarterback. Maybe if they draft like a Deshaun Watson, they let him start. I don't think they're going to go that route. I think they're going to probably draft one of those defensive linemen Mm -hmm. uh, with their picks. So Brian Hoyer likely starts the year. And, you know, over the past couple of seasons, he's shown that he could still play a little bit. Hoyer? Uh, He's made some wide receivers fantasy relevant. We saw it this year with Cam Meredith. Uh, We've seen it with DeAndre Hopkins in the past. Now, Pierre Garçon is... You know, he's not DeAndre Hopkins, but, right. you know, he could. he's probably still as good as Cam Meredith, I would say. He's still a very good he's, possession receiver. Still, he still has another 1,000-yard receiving game in him. Uh, yeah, I uh, think so. I mean, him, right? they made it a priority okay, to go imagine? out and sign <laughs> sign a wide receiver. They really don't have anyone else. They let go of Torrey Smith. Right. I, I believe Jeremy Curley is still on the roster. So they'll have him. They'll have 
Pierre Garcon, maybe they draft another wide receiver here. But I do think Pierre Garcon is the veteran, right. you know, wide receiver one here. He's going to be their possession guy. Still has very good size, very good hands where they can work him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I I just don't know how often they're going to be in the red zone, how great this offense is going to be right away. Right. I agree with you. He probably still could have a 1,000-yard season. Mm-hmm. Probably a high-end wide receiver three if nobody if no other Just big names go there. Just based on the whole offense around the him, thing, right? Yeah. The yeah. thing is, you need him to line up on, I believe it's the right side, because mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer locks in on one side. Yeah. Like, yeah, remember, like yeah. last year, he was throwing it, I believe, 70% of the time to that one side. It was mm-hmm. Cam Meredith's side, right. and those weeks, Cam Meredith was putting up borderline wide receiver one numbers. Right. So, Pierre Garçon is going to be a wide receiver one all year. He's going to have those flashes of weeks, I think, where he does do it. But, yes, I very much so think he could be fantasy viable if he's on the right side right. of Brian Hoyer. Now, now Hoyer, five games started in place of uh, Jay Cutler last season. Six touchdowns, zero interceptions, of course, his season ended prematurely due to injury. And remember, everybody was picking this guy up at, yeah, some, at yeah, one point, yeah, too. He, I mean, he, he was a matchup play. Several 300-plus uh, uh, passing games. I yeah. started him the game he broke his arm. Oh, uh, did you? Yep. Oh, so, I got you, like you 20 waited. yards. Out of yeah, them. yeah. Oh, that well, was like a Thursday night Packer game, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there are rumors that, he, like, like you were saying, he's kind of like more like a, a stopgap quarterback. Yeah. Because you would talk about maybe they would focus in on a Watson in the draft, but more likely, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, he's better in it. fantasy than in real life. Yeah. So uh, I mean, because, even even if he sucks this year too, they'll get a top pick next year. And maybe right. draft a quarterback. But I agree with you. I, mean, I do gonna, think he's kind of like the stopgap yeah. veteran. You know, he can mentor you. They're not going to turn. The, I mean, you could turn a, a franchise around quicker these days than in the past, an NFL franchise, but they've still got at least another one year of of severe mediocrity before oh, they yes. could. And, and, and the deal was um, that some rumors are, well, you know, Cousins might play this year in, with the Redskins, and then, then he becomes a free agent Don't, and, 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 and signs with the 49ers. Because, I mean, supposedly this connection between him and uh, and. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's yeah, pretty Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan. I mean, maybe we're sleeping on this offense a little bit because he has gotten you know the most out of players in the past. Mm-hmm. I like Marquise Goodwin as like a deeper sleeper, right? Good because point. remember how they used Taylor Gabriel last year? Mm-hmm. I think that's how they could use this guy. He's this guy was an Olympic like athlete, like literally an Olympic. He was either high jumper or a sprinter. But he's extremely fast and athletic. Well, you know about they, Goodwin because he's a former Bill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They t- took a lot of shots deep with him and mm-hmm. occasionally gave him the ha- like a, a handoff or two. I'm thinking just like they used Taylor Gabriel, you know, deep shots, mm-hmm. try to get him the ball in space, let him carry a couple times a game. I'm thinking maybe Goodwin could be that guy for the 49ers. I didn't watch him play too much. I mean, I'm sure you probably did as a Bills fan. But just looking at his stats, I mean, you can't have good hands, right? Because, I mean... <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, he was targeted 68 times last season, 29 catches. Yeah, a lot of those, though, are, are on deep deeper shots. routes. Yeah. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. Okay, but, okay. But, yeah, no, I mean, he's not, like, the best. He's not going to, you're not going to confuse him with, like, right. Randy Moss. Or right, right, like right, 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 right. <laughs> and if you were Vince McMahon, would you consider him a jobber? Uh, or is he a little bit nah, more than that, you think? He's like a, like a Kofi Kingston. Like, he's athletic, but he's never going to be, like... Like a, a, a high-end guy. <laughs> Don't forget, I know a little bit about Marquise Goodwin, uh, Joe, as well, because he shredded Darrell Revis this year for a long okay. time. That's right, that's right, that's right. But, uh, yeah, okay. So, um, 49ers are what the 49ers are, a, a rebuilding franchise. and uh, They're taking steps in the right direction. You get a veteran wide receiver in Pierre Garçon. You got Kyle Shanahan, who's a good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Just don't confuse Brian Hoyer with Matt Ryan this year. Right. And look, Garcon, kind of at the end of his career, still has some big games left. Like I said, I think he still has at least another 1,000-yard receiving 
season in them. So uh, should we move on to the Northeast uh, Jets and Giants? So uh, I mentioned I mean, that. Not much to talk about with the Jets. But <laughs> right. Well, I mean, <laughs> they signed Chandler Catanzaro yesterday if you want hey, to talk about Catanzaro, kickers. Catanzaro. Hey, right. that's what we need. Hey, another Italian. I think uh, he's Italian at least. I don't know. Probably, probably. But I mentioned that a Hoyer started in place of an injured Jay Cutler uh, for the Bears and, you know, any chance of the Jets? Uh, there's, there's rumors that there's interest on both sides. Yeah, because Cutler was cut by the Bears. Um, what, what do you think? I think he is the front runner right now. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of hot garbage right now. Like it's him. Apparently, RG three has been linked to the Jets. Of course, yeah. I really just want the guy who's going to give us the best chance to lose, so mm-hmm. that we can have a high draft pick next year. Maybe get one of those franchise quarterbacks that are supposedly coming out. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, they've been linked to the Broncos trying to trade for Trevor Simeon in what case about they who get they Tony have Romo. Already? Any chance? that any of their their quarterbacks... Well, that would be the best opportunity for us to lose. Mm -hmm. If we start Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg, Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, they're either not starting uh, caliber quarterbacks or they're not ready to start. mm -hmm. I don't think either one is ever going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Geno Smith is still uh, around. He's not on the roster, though. He's actually a free free agent, agent, and he's coming off a torn ACL. He's actually been linked to the Jets as well. Mm -hmm. I know he's tweeted out a few weird things like... You know, don't tell me, uh, I told you so or something. He's done like some weird tweets where they're kind of cryptic towards maybe him returning to the Jets. Right. But, I mean, him, Jay Cutler, RG3, whoever they get, it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be real bad. It's going to be bad for their passing attack, for their offense, for fantasy purposes. The Jets are pretty much a situation to avoid It would be kind of weird if they did sign a a veteran like... Like it, Cutler, it wouldn't it make looks any like, sense to me because right. they have so many holes, right. and we know that they're not even with a Cutler, Kaepernick, RG three, Geno Smith. They're not going to compete this year. They're right. going to win what, maybe six games, and you know that's I'm, generous. I know Frank said that these guys aren't ready, but you did use a fourth round pick on Bryce Petty and a second round pick yeah. on Christian Hackenberg. Mm-hmm. Why not say see what you have? Yeah, let's see <laughs> what we have in Hackenberg. Last year he was a third or fourth season guy. He wasn't getting many reps. Let's just give him this start of the year, and if mm-hmm. he's awful then you make the switch to petty and if he's awful you draft a quarterback you'll have a higher pick Mm -hmm. that's the way i think teams need to go the worst thing you could do in the nfl is be mediocre right and and like six games or even like that's pretty much the jets getting like like pick eight or nine it's a huge difference than getting like pick like two or three even one the jets could be it's also tough to ask that coaching staff to just give up on the i mean they're barely hanging on Apparently think, the GM right? and the coach are both on on the hot seat this year. It makes sense, and you know by them. Let's obviously one of the breaking news for them this week was that they they uh, cut Brandon Marshall. Yeah, uh, and my Giants picked him up, which we're going to talk about. I thought it was a great move, but there was also rumors about them uh, cutting Eric Decker. Any chance you think that would happen? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, if it does, then you're just totally breaking down this team. It certainly and, makes sense, And you sense, might win though. two games. It would if, make if you, sense If you think about way. it, it makes sense. I mean, he's coming off a hip injury where... They, they can't cut him until he's healthy, though, right? I think that's the rule. I, I think there there is something like that. But it, he is either the second or sixth highest cap hit for the Jets this year. I mean, it, if you want to take the money and use it somewhere else, I don't know that you're going to get a free agent to come here anyway. And we also know that there's a salary floor in the NFL. So maybe they need him for that purpose. He can mentor the young wide receivers, I guess, mm-hmm. R- Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunwa. But f- for fantasy purposes, even if Jay Culler is a quarterback, RG3, it's not going to be good for Eric Decker. I think it makes more He's sense. He's a hot wife, though, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Hot. yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it certainly makes sense for, for them to cut ties with him. And actually, Woody Johnson said that he, I agree with Mike, I think 
that Todd Bowles is on the hot seat this year and Mike McCagnan. But yeah. Woody Johnson said he's going to judge this year based on the development of young players. Mm-hmm. So even if they go 2-14 and 14 and he sees progress in the young players, right. you know, maybe we see the, the, the coaching staff and, and the GM, this regime, stick, to, stick around. But how can you see the development of Hackenberg or Bryce Petty if they're not playing? Right. So, I mean, if you use a second-round pick on Hackenberg... I'm certainly not advocating. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback, but you, you might as well see what you have in him. Yeah, I you think you think the GM is uh, afraid to use him because he used a second round pick on him, and if he's awful, it's just <laughs> it's like just, why should we trust you to draft the next just quarterback? So bad. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, why don't we take a break, and, and then when we come back, we have to talk about Brandon Marshall, the Giants. Believe it or not, we still have a lot of more NFL news to go over. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with more Weekend Fantasy Update. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jazz hands. Sounds like kind of a... Sounds like somebody should be walking around like serving cocktails and, and hors d'oeuvres. The name of the song is Manhattan Disco Kings. Wow. I know that because I work here way too much. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're back. I agree with you, though. We should get some cocktails around here. Yeah, cocktails. Waitress. Yeah. <laughs> some mimosas because you know, it's still early. cocktails. Yeah, like mimosas hey, mimosas make yeah, sense, man. There you go. Um, oh, you should have seen yesterday. I made this awesome sangria. My wife was uh, out, so she needed to. I know, and and she brought we home half of it. I know. Wait, was it actually sangria, or was it? <laughs> it, it originally, or was it your it blood? Was, it, was, it was originally water. It was and water. Joe was yeah. like, "Hey, you should, yeah, you should have seen what I did yesterday. I took this water and I turned it into <laughs> Sang- not just wine, sangria. I threw some fruit in there." Night! (laughs) (laughs) Great, Pete. Great. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway. Fantasy Sports Radio. I know, know, but that was perfect. Perfect timing. Uh, uh, We just have to do a whole show dedicated to, like, religious themes (laughs) for players. But we just have to. Like, which player are we going to turn into wine this season? Like, from water to wine? Well, uh, what we would need is Tim Tebow to co host. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Mike's the Met fan. He could get a Tebow player shirt. I mean, he could do his best Tebow impression. Yeah, we, we still have a lot of football to go over, but just a couple of seconds on. I want to know. This Tebow stuff is I want to know man. what your opinion is on this Tebow uh, stuff. I don't I mean, mind it. I, you know, uh, come on, Mike, Mike. Cardano makes me laugh because he's like, yeah, yeah, he's going to you know, save a, a, a cat from, rescue a, cat from a tree. He's a good guy. <laughs> He just he's not he, has he is zero, a good guy. He has zero I think, I think he making, literally is a good guy. Yes, no, he is. Yeah. And and I think that the only reason people hate him is cuz ESPN follows his every waking move, but he has zero chance of making the team. And he's do you only, think that he's taking a spot of someone who no, might have a shot at something? No, like even just in the total organization. The only reason he's even playing right now is mm-hmm. because the Mets lost so many players to the WBC, mm-hmm. so they had to call people up from like the very low levels. Right. So they were I like, mean, this is the lowest. <laughs> low. They were like, all right, you know, we'll get some eyes on us with Tebow out there. I, I didn't read the article, but I saw he was, was he arguing like a, a call strike three? or he didn't, no? Did he, he said something to the <laughs> umpire. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And the annou- even the announcer was like, oh, Tebow exchanged words with the umpire. We're sure they were very nice words. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> the umpire rings over. <laughs> May Jocalina be with you. <laughs> Tebow probably said, you know, I'm going to try better. I'm going to try harder than next time. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, let's get back to football because we got to talk about Brandon Marshall. Joe, are you texting all your boys to vote on this poll and say no? 
<laughs> Why, you getting a lot of no's? We have, you know, out of four re- votes right now, we have 75% no. Wow. Well, it just got retweeted Ooh. from all our accounts. Haters. Religion, religion is hate. a very touchy subject, so you have to be careful. You know, you don't want to upset anyone. It's Jesus, though. Oh, okay. You see, you we have could to, pull it off. Yeah, all right. But we mean it in the best way possible. Of course. This is all in fun. This like is you're all the fantasy entertain- savior. This Joe, is all Joe entertainment. Joe earned the nickname by winning his rectory, le- uh, <laughs> rectory league ed 10 years in a row. Yeah, a bunch of 82-year-old nuns. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was smooling them. He was like, you remember that Randy Moss guy? How good he is? Okay, give me Odell Beckham for him. They, they, were, they were still waiting for the, the fantasy to come in the mail. Like They didn't realize they were doing it on the computer anymore. <laughs> Andre Johnson? Yeah, number one wide receiver. I'll, I'll take Antonio Brown from you. And and then he wins. David Tyree, did you see that catch? <laughs> Wide receiver one. <laughs> All right, so uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, I, I think this is a fantastic move. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the guy has had his issues, but these. He's basically a wide receiver one who's accepted. It sounds like he's accepted, if you believe what he says, that he's the wide receiver two. Does he have a choice? No. He's opposite of <laughs> no. potentially. Could you imagine if he said, no, I'm the number one guy yeah, here? Yeah, he's opposite of, <laughs> of potentially, you know, you can make an argument, the most talented wide receiver oh, in the this league. Is a Definitely classic, top this three. Is a, this could be a potential classic wrestling storyline if he doesn't accept, you know. He turns he, heel on he the. Turns heel. He's doing the Jets a favor. He's like, don't worry. I'm oh, the Giants. Be so awesome. I'm a turn heel. I'm a stunner. Odell Beckham on the field. He could be like Orton, like Orton, like you know, because now you guys are starting to get me into this wrestling thing, right? So now, what, what happened with Orton, right? Uh, for for three weeks, <laughs> burn down Odell Beckham's house. <laughs> no, 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 God forbid. He's so, gonna say, he's gonna use the line Orton did. He's yeah. like, if you can't beat him, join him, and when right. you join him, screw him. Right, right. Yes, yes. Then, he's gonna go. give him all for this. He's gonna give Odell Beckham a beer bath on the field. <laughs> Joe, do you believe? Are you buying this hoopla that? Brandon Marshall said if he was on the team last year, the boating incident wouldn't have happened. Do you agree? No. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have led the charge, right? Yes, like, he would have drove them to the boat. He's yes. done some maturing. I don't know. Uh, he probably would have been taping some show at HBO. That, so is, maybe. that is very true. <laughs> yeah, but that is funny. I was going to mention that, that, you know... He, He's kind of saying the right things until he said that dumb statement. <laughs> I think that's the right thing to say. It's the right thing to say. All but fans you know, are going to be like, yeah, yeah, get him off that boat. It's in the, it's in the past. He's going to he's going to burn Odell Beckham's boat. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> well, you know what? He should. So, you know, he can focus on the playoffs from now on. Well, whose boat? It was Bieber's boat? Justin Bieber? I, mean, I think it was someone like It was that. him. him or like how could you be hanging out with Justin Tyrese Bieber? I, mean, I don't know. It wasn't like Tyrese. I don't know. It was... Uh, there was some other... R&B singer or rapper there. What's his name? Uh, Mr. Steel Girl. I don't know. Right, well, I know who it is. I, I mean, can't it's bad enough name. that you know, yeah, yeah, you, you, Trey Songs. That's who it is. Better enough. <laughs> I, I just googled Bieber. Mr. Steel Girl, <laughs> and I found out. But from from a from a fantasy perspective here, seriously, Brandon Marshall. I really don't know how much we get out of him here because I'm looking at the Giants wow. receiving stats overall that season. Mm-hmm. Like Odell Beckham had 100 receptions for 1,300 yards okay. and he had 10 touchdowns. Sterling Shepard had 65 receptions, didn't even crack 700 yards, but had eight touchdowns. Now, I could see Sterling Shepard taking a little bit of a step back. And even if Brandon Marshall takes the place of what Victor Cruz did last season, I don't know that Brandon Marshall gets to a thousand yards. Really? And is there going to be enough red zone production for him to reach double digit touchdowns either? Like I've heard people talk about him being a wide receiver two already for next mm-hmm, season, mm-hmm. and I think that's a little generous. Really? Off I, the I, top. Could, I could see. Him, I, I kind of agree with what Frank says. I think this is a better real life move mm-hmm. than fantasy. I could see, but I could still see Marshall 
putting up eight hundred and like seven or eight touchdowns. At their peak, what did the what did he? But that would make him a wide receiver three, though. Frank, that uh, wouldn't make him a wide receiver two. What, what things? No, were, I, I would say he's. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at where exactly he's going to go, but I'm cool with taking him as a wide receiver three with upside. Yeah. Now, when when things were humming right for the Jets, about how many receptions did each uh, him and, and Decker have? Did they have like eighty plus each, ninety plus each? I don't I don't remember. Okay, so in 2015, when he had that monster year with the Jets, he mm-hmm. had 109 receptions. Right, right. For 1,500 yards and 14 had a, touchdowns. a ton, too, but he was more the uh, the red zone receiver? or did, uh, No, I mean, 14 touchdowns. Brandon Marshall had more touchdowns than Eric Decker did okay. that year. Right. But, I mean, a lot of Marshall, a lot of them came out from a, li- a little bit further pa- past the red zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could still stretch the field a little bit less. Last year, we, we saw he got behind the defense a lot. Right. But he was dropping the ball last year. I don't think he was completely healthy. Uh, I still do think that he could perform, but he's getting up there in age. He's, he's going to be 33 years old this season. So, I just I think it's a better fit, like... He's going to bring some veteran leadership for Odell Beckham. He'll probably help him out a little bit. Am I crazy to think that both these guys could could catch, you know, 90 passes next year? If that's the case, that means he's going to take away from Odell Beckham. Do we really think that's going to happen? And and Sterling Shepard. I think Sterling Shepard's already going to lose. He's he's the biggest loser here, fantasy-wise. He's going to be their slot guy. i got another guy who's better in real life than in fantasy. Right. But... The thing, to, to Joe's point, though, the Giants last year, as a team, mm-hmm. had six rushing touchdowns, the lowest in the league. Right. So, And they haven't really... They've lost in their running game. They right. haven't added anything yet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If the team stays the way it is now, and you, you still have the draft and, and some more of this free agent period and whatnot, but if it stays the way it is now, you have Perkins and Verena as your main backs. Uh, Dark, they just re-signed Darkwa. So, I mean, they're going to have a marginal... Uh, marginal running game. I mean, I, I want to see Perkins take a big step forward. And they still don't have a pass-catching tight end. They just signed a tight end who's more of a blocker. You know, let's see what they do again in the draft. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that this benefits... It's definitely... You guys have to agree it's going to benefit Manning, no? Yeah. Yes. yeah. But if I, anybody here, yeah. that's the only person that I think it really benefits. Mm-hmm. Thing, are, we, though, are we overlooking the fact that it's probably going to hurt Odell Beckham's numbers a little bit, too? I, like, I, I don't think, think he might. gets. I don't I think, think he gets he, to 100 receptions again. But I, said, not, I said, you know, not maybe 90 each or so. I said Brandon Marshall on, uh, is a lot better than Victor Cruz. Let's I said not this on BFF oh, the other day. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't take away from Beckham really, but mm-hmm. it it caps his ceiling. Like we all, like I, I mean, you guys know I made this argument. I, I would not be surprised before this on Marshall if Beckham was the number one guy, and by a little bit of it, right. like I just think he's that talented. But I think it caps the ceiling as that, and now I think it cements him behind Antonio Brown mm-hmm. as the number two wide receiver. I still think Odell Beckham's going to get his, especially now because the targets I still think will be there. Mm-hmm. He'll have less defensive coverage on him than you have to respect Brandon Marshall. Where last year you really didn't have anyone you had to respect. The one thing though against your point, Joe, like I was for it, like the running game, weak running game is for it. Mm-hmm. The thing against it, the Giants very well may have the best defense in the league. They're not going to be yeah. in shootouts, yeah. mm-hmm. so they could, you know. Ease, and they're probably not going to want to put too much of the workload on Manning. So when they get a lead, they're probably going to try, at least in my opinion, grind out the clock a bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let your defense secure the lead, and, right. and win that way. You know what's crazy about the Giants, though? It feels like every single game that they're in is a close game. Yeah, we talked so, about this So, I mean, this they play down shows, to competition, yes. they play up to competition. Right. So it seems like every single game is going to be close no matter what. I do agree with you. I think they have one of the best defenses in the league. For Odell Beckham... His yards per catch last year was 13.5. Mm-hmm. Now, I think 
Brandon Marshall becomes more of the possession guy here, and we're going to see Odell Beckham uh, get more shots downfield. So I think we could see the yards per catch go up, maybe to like 15 or 16, while the receptions come down, maybe to like 85 or 90. But he'll probably stick in that 1,300, 1,350-yard range. The thing, the thing though, to, to about that is, like, I mean, you watch the Giants every week. Beckham is, like, they take shots downfield to him, but he does the bulk of his damage in, like, mid-routes where, like, he could just break free. Yes. I feel like you want the ball in this guy's hands as much as possible. You don't want him to just be running streaks down the sideline. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he could create his own play, and he right. shows it time and time again. You put the ball in his hands, it takes one move, and he's in the end zone. Right. That's certainly true, but I feel like so many... Of his receptions last year were just like little like dink and dumps where they just had nothing else to do and he would give him like little five yard receptions where you know he would just go out of bounds or get tackled I right away. I feel like away. that's them trying to put the ball in the hands of their best playmaker and I don't know why you. I mean, yeah, obviously they're going to try and get Marshall involved, but why would you try and not go to your best playmaker as much as you can? Well, the thing is, I don't think you have to force feed him as much necessarily now because you have a worthy number two wide receiver in Brandon Marshall. And, you know, that's probably going to create more space for Odell Beckham to be able to catch those intermediate routes and take them the way. Yeah, so wouldn't you argue that because now, like, you would even want to get the ball in his hands even more? Not, not that they're, but he's like, a complete wide receiver. Like, he's fast enough where he can beat defenses down the field, too. Yeah, of course, but... You're not gonna just use him at like like I'm saying if the if it's now say he used to have you know two like double coverage plus a safety watching over him now you can't do that right wouldn't you want this guy running more routes across the middle and just trying to get it and it's very like, effective maybe, his, middle, maybe yeah. his catches go down but maybe you know he breaks out another an mm-hmm. extra long ball or two this year and it, it equates that no and that's exactly what I was getting at is that I think the receptions are gonna come down a little bit I think 85 to 90 range but I think the yards per catch go up because we're going to see more you know, in the intermediate routes. I'm telling you, a lot of his receptions last year were ones that were close to the line of scrimmage. They were very like, short, dink, and dump I still think he's going to get a lot of those. You know what's going to be interesting, too? Is he mature enough to accept the fact that maybe his, some of his production might go down a little bit and accept the fact that, look, you know, we, we've got a Brandon Marshall here now. I think it, it depends so, on so if So there's a lot of factors, right? I think if they're winning... He'll be okay with it, mm-hmm. which they certainly should on paper. But right. I think if they start losing and they're not going his way, that's when you're going to hear like the "Give me the ball." Why right. are we not giving me the ball? It works last year. We made the playoffs. Right. That, that's a really good point, though, Joe. And I guess this will be this will really test the because, maturity because of we've Odell been Beckham. Dealing with that with his maturity level yeah. for the past couple. We'll, seasons, we'll so. find out now if he cares more about. Well, we know he cares about winning. We know it's all about winning with Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. But we'll really find out now that if his numbers take a step back and they're still winning. Does he care that his right, numbers take right, a step right, back? And right. I think that's a good point by yeah. you. And I, I think uh, this is going to be a big year to test his maturity and see. Hopefully, you know, Brandon Marshall, we've seen Brandon Marshall mature throughout his years in the mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. So maybe he can lend some of that to yeah. Odell Beckham and say, look, I know where you're at. Right. I was there when I was a young player. Right. And if, you, if you're all about winning like you say you are, you need to go down this path mm-hmm. instead of the path that you're going yeah, down. Yeah. The thing, too, I know we were questioning Marshall's... Uh, maturity and everything but he got his issues handled like medically like so, and then since then he's been more of a stable like stable player in he used the to league. take anxiety pills right or yeah, something no, like that no, yeah like he had he, he had like actual problems yeah. and, and he had them handled so I'm not really worried about him but you guys better get used to these two because I think they're going to be in like every commercial <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> 
Well, as much as it hurts me to see, because Brandon Marshall, I mean, he had one of the best receiving seasons in Jets history. It was really fun to watch. It kind of hurts me that he's playing alongside Odell yeah. Beckham now, but it is really going to be fun to watch from just an NFL I'm, perspective and a fantasy I know I'm a bit of a homer, but I think this move uh, makes the Giants a contender for the Super Bowl. I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't automatic. Only, it just I think the only wide receiver core comparable to theirs is Green Bay. Yeah. I think they're then right there. Best in the league. All I right, think well, I think Denver is up there too. I mean, if they had a quarterback. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, why don't we take a break? Stop right there and uh, finish up the hour with uh, more NFL news on the weekend fantasy update. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. The phenomenal one. There you go. Also known as Brandon Cooks. Yeah, so I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so you want to start off with Brandon Cooks? What oh, happened with Brandon Cooks? It. He got traded to the <laughs> New England Patriots. I heard that team the, the is, rich is a little good. Just keep on getting richer, right? I mean, they're, they're kind of good. That yeah. team. I mean, Brandon Cooks may help them a bit. Yeah. What does this do for Brandon Cooks? I mean, he goes from working with a future Hall of Fame quarterback in, in Drew to potentially Brees. the greatest ever yeah, arguably I mean, which not I, bad right yeah. not a bad resume but you know I mean with with the Saints and, and Frank alluded to it earlier I mean the, the Saints spread the ball around a lot so uh, he really never became I don't think he really ever you know met his potential you know I feel like two years ago he he finished as a wide receiver one I believe yeah. but he is very much so. He was a more consistent Deshaun Jackson, I'd say. Right. He he relies on like a lot of deep touchdowns. He finished as the eighth wide receiver in standard leagues last season. Yeah, so I mean, he's definitely good. Definitely beneficial for him uh, to be part of this offense. I don't know. Do you really think so? I don't know if it is because he. I mean, take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. He played a lot better as well at home. Like I know you say Drew Brees did. Brandon Cooks played a lot of his best ball at home on the turf. Oh, absolutely. And now he's going to go into New England where it's cold. And, and you know, there's I feel like there's kind of more mouths to feed there. Like There, is there Gronk, are a lot of mouths to feed Edelman. with the Saints, too. And it looked like Michael Thomas was kind of developing into he's the Breeze's big here. F- favorite receiver. So I don't know. I think that maybe Cooks had done everything he could with the Saints. I don't think he was going to get that much better. If anything, he might have taken a step back. I mean, like I said, between Michael Thomas and... Uh, Willie Sneed. I think a big part of this trade was the game where they won and they scored like 50 points and he didn't have a single reception. Right, and right. he complained after the game. Mm-hmm. That probably showed the uh, the Saints everything that they needed to know about Brandon Cooks. It's very interesting that the Patriots would go out and trade for him after seeing something like that because you know Belichick is usually like a no-nonsense kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It's his way or the highway pretty much. So I'm trying to figure out how this is going to work for fantasy. I think it's a good fit for them. In a real life perspective, like, at, like they needed an outside threat. I think maybe it's a it's a better real life move for Cooks. I don't think it affects. I feel or like at increases best, his fantasy it, it's value. It's a lateral move. Like I don't see him a going lateral there. fantasy move, right? Yeah, at best, I don't see him going there and topping. What, what about he's done real life? You years. don't think it's a, a better move for him based oh, no. on what I, I in real life? I mean, yeah, I, he's, he's going to have a chance to win now. Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, the Patriots. I mean, they have Gronk. Edelman, him, Malcolm. I was going to say Malcolm, but Malcolm Mitchell. Right. All these guys. Malcolm Mitchell's probably. He's probably Chris, the one that's Chris out Hogan. Here. Yeah, but they still have they have yeah. a, an abundance of riches there, 
and then they have a lot of options. So, Brady can so many mouths the ball yeah. around. Yeah. Julian Edelman in the slot is going to mm-hmm. get. He's still going to get a ton of receptions there. Yeah. Tom Brady doesn't necessarily just lock in on one target either. I mean, I know we've seen Edelman kind of be that guy over the past couple of years, but that's consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is going to be. I don't know if you guys agree. Like, I mean, we're we're this just happened. Yeah. You know, we're still digesting it. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be like an inconsistent situation week to week. Mm-hmm. Like. Some weeks Brandon Cook's gonna have the big game. Other weeks he's gonna be, you know, pretty good. But Edelman's gonna step up, or Gronk's gonna have a big what game. About, you know, it's highly unlikely. Amendola could be the number one guy one week too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Chris Hogan. Like, I, I was think gonna Chris Hogan's Chris Hogan gonna be. Too, yeah, I think Chris Hogan and Cooks are gonna be the guys on the outside, and then we're gonna see Edelman on the inside, and then they're still gonna have Gronkowski coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we get out of Gronk, but then we also have James White catching passes out of the backfield too. I do agree with Mike here. I don't know who's going to be the guy every single week. I still think that Julian Edelman on a week-to-week basis is probably the most consistent, especially in a PPR. In the past, he has been, yes. But, I mean, there's going to be games where the Patriots are up big, where they're going to they're gonna run the ball a lot as well. Um, I don't know if... I don't know if... I, I believe Blunt's a free agent. I, I, I think I, they're working to bring him back. No, I kind of Maybe they get you. Adrian Peterson as well. There's just a lot of mouths to feed I here. I, I think his value goes down with the this Patriots. Move. Also, uh, I mean, we're, we're gonna just basically finish this segment all on Patriots, and maybe next hour, we'll maybe spend a little extra time on NFL. But isn't aren't they interested in Mike Gillisley as well? Yeah, I mean, they got Stephon Gilmore from the Bills. They're just trying to you know, take everything. And they didn't even have to trade Malcolm Butler to yeah. get Brandon Cook. So now they have Malcolm Butler and Stephon Gilmore on the outside. Mm-hmm. Joe, you said the roots get richer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there's no other term to explain it. Yeah. I think Cooks is going to be one of those wide receivers because you know to to get him, you're, mm-hmm. he's probably going to be low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two come draft day. Mm-hmm. You really and think so? I I just I feel like I mean I could be wrong. I feel like with what he's done the last couple of years, people are going to see that he's now with Tom Brady. I would say more a wide receiver two, but I, I just in the range. I like I don't see him going outside the top. 16, 17 a wide receiver, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm going to be willing to, you know, use my third or fourth pick mm-hmm. to get Brandon Cooks. Like I think there's going to be other directions I want to go in. So, uh, Frank and Mike, of the wide receiving options for the Patriots, fantasy wise, oh, I, who, I would, who would you go? Cooks. It has to be, yeah. yeah? I, I would. Say I might so. go Edelman before I go Cooks. I think I tend to agree with yeah. you, Joe. Just in, ter- in a PPR be, league, in a PPR league, it's going to be very tough on a week-to-week basis to figure out yeah. this situation here. I mean, the way that we're talking about it right now, we can't figure it out. Brandon Cook could very well come out and have a Randy Moss-esque season. Yeah. Maybe they go out and trade for him, and they want to make him the focal point of the, the offense, about and that's why is, they did it. But we just don't know right receiver. now. Right. Like, no, I understand. Like he's not as big, but. Maybe he just was never he's never been given the opportunity with the Saints. I mean, they spread the ball around. Maybe the Patriots really do think that he can be a number 1 wide receiver. I think he is their number 1. I just don't think he's like in terms of targets, do you really think so because I could see Edelman still leading this team in targets. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like Cooks on the outside is they're going to want to get the ball in his hands a lot. Like we said, he's one of those guys like he can get behind the defense a little bit or you know like take a slant and take it the distance. I don't know, but like you said, it's going to be very inconsistent. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun to watch the Patriots offense. Absolutely. Be crazy. And I can't believe we went a full hour talking NFL. We still haven't gotten through everything. Maybe we'll, we'll start off maybe the second hour with a little bit more football. Then we're, we're going to go into baseball outfielders on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
And we're back for Hour 2 of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Joe Galina. I'm here with Michael Florio and Frank Stample. Did you just dab? What? Did you just dab? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was cleaning off my... Oh, I really thought you dabbed. I was no. going to be like, wow. Actually, like, blew on... I blew onto my keyboard because there was some stuff here. I was like, like that. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we, we spent an hour on... That was fast. It really was. <laughs> it was actually fun, too. And we really haven't finished. We we were talking about the, the Patriots and how they just keep on getting better, right? Why teams... We continue. We tell we them, left right? players out too. Yeah. Like we talk about a lot of their. You mentioned during the break we left out Dwayne Allen. Yeah, yeah. And, and we all left out Deion Lewis. I know this yeah. is going completely off track, but Joe, you just brought up something very interesting. What is that? That I I kind of wanted to hit on from a fantasy perspective. Sure. Something that you said. Do teams realize that they're only <laughs> making the Patriots better? Yeah, yeah. Now we can translate that into fantasy mm-hmm. because I've had a few people come to me and ask trades. And they're like, and I say, I say yes, you should take this trade, but they, but they say, oh well, this person is in first place, or right. they're the reigning champion. I don't want them to have this player. Mm-hmm. For example, I believe um, someone asked me a question where it was, they get a high end outfielder one and Gary Sanchez for Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. and it's a keeper league. But the the owner that he's trading Mookie Betts to already has Trout, right? And he told me. Well, I don't want to do it because I don't want this owner to have Trout and Betts. Yeah. But in the trade, he was actually winning. I, I, actually, I think it might have been Correa and Sanchez. Yeah, it's an interesting and situation. I, like, where... I think you should take that trade because you're, you're getting arguably the top catcher and right. you're getting another high-end player. So is that something that we look too much into from a fantasy perspective where we don't want to make the other teams better? I think maybe in season, if you're trailing that person and you don't want to make them better, I could see you looking at it from that way. But before the season even starts and you're just saying, well, I don't want this owner to have Trout and Betts, should you really not make a trade that makes your team better because well, of that? Well, what happens if like Trout breaks his leg week one, so then all of a sudden he doesn't have Trout and Betts, right? Yeah, I mean, it's baseball. But, I think it could happen. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking if I would do that if I was the Betts owner. Because I think it's very, very close. Like, Mookie Betts is so good. He is. And like you lose an outfielder, but I if think it's, it's a five an interesting situation league. where you are making your team better. Yeah, that's just. But a, you, but, but the the deal benefits you more yeah. than it benefits the. Uh, you know, I mean, let's I say if you slightly, the the deal is slightly in your favor, yeah. but you're still making the the team who's projected to be better than you even better. <laughs> yeah, so just a couple tricky. of years ago, Frank, in our home football league, I had. Like a, a, my roster, I, I thought it was the best in the league at the time. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of depth on my bench, so I, tra- I I just felt tight end was a weakness. So I traded it to another team, like the third. I was like the the second seed, first or second seed. I traded it to like the second or third seed for a tight end, mm-hmm. and I gave him some of my depth. I knew I was helping him, but I felt like all right, come you know, I'm not gonna need my depth. I'm gonna have now my one hole that hole that I the only hole that I feel I have right. sealed up. So I feel like if it makes your team better. Yeah, you can go and make the trade. But that's a little different scenario because you were already in first place. Like, what if you were the second or third place team? Would you have made that trade because you're making the top team already better? I think all in all here, what I'm trying to get at is, from a fantasy perspective, you shouldn't worry about the other team as much. You should worry about your team. And if it's making your team better, I would say do it every time. The point that you brought up, which is, is, is 
should be mentioned again is the fact that it's before the season even starts. So you're right. It kind of if it's midseason and you got to kind of know how your teams are falling into place. Yeah, you you got to yeah, be like careful about not making that team that's on top. I think it also depends that much better on the the sport and the like in a fantasy football or a head to head baseball league. You do whatever you can to make your team better because mm-hmm. on any given week you don't know what could happen. Right. But in like a roto league, say you know you know your your only hope of winning is like surpassing the guy in first in a couple of categories, right. but. Your advantage today is you're in first and stolen bases, but are you going to trade a guy who can steal some bases to the guy ahead of you who maybe could gain? You know, I feel like a lot more strategy comes into there, but in like a a head-to-head type format, you make your team as strong as possible because who knows, you could have a player that goes off one week or maybe your opponent's team struggles a bit. I feel like that strategy comes more into play in a Roto League. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, just you saying that about the Patriots, it it brought something up in my mind because I remember thinking about this a few weeks ago. And I said to myself, you know, any time that I can better my team and make my chances of winning better, mm-hmm. I'm going to take it. I think it does kind of change based on whether you're in season or, you know, strategically, which makes sense what Mike said about Roto. Like, if you're chasing categories and someone's ahead of you in categories, it makes sense. You have to pay attention to those right. and, and the stats that you're giving up, so on and so forth. But in a, in a trade where the season hasn't even started mm-hmm. and you're I mean, getting two players for one, and uh, honestly, I think that's a better start. I think I would do that trade. I'm sure we've all either been in or seen situations where, and this happens more, like you said, in in mid-season, where you'll make a trade that you think is fair, and then all of a sudden you get people in your league saying, you just gave that guy or that gal (laughs) the league good. So I guess you have to be aware. But I I see your point in terms of just make the deal that's going to make your team better. But I think the key is... I have news that, that will make each one of you kind of happy and one of you, I don't know, maybe sad. I know what you're going to say because it came across my phone, but you tell me. Go ahead. Geno Smith is yes. visiting the Giants yes. today? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't think that makes anybody happy here. Hopefully Who do you think that would make happy? <laughs> you. Well, I mean, he Just gives us a pretty good a, chance of losing, yeah, so exactly. I'll take him. You don't have to deal with him again. Hopefully he's visiting the Giants but like I, I would want, visit Mike. the Museum of Natural History. Just, you know, like walk through and I just I would take leave. him as a backup. Uh, uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he might be better than Ryan Nassib, or I don't know who else is their backup nowadays. No, it's yeah, him, I believe. It's right? Nas- yeah. It yeah. probably yeah. still is. Uh, I just want no part of him because... He just wants to stay in New York, man. Because he doesn't pay his debts. That's right. Oh, my God. A Smith always plays. plays that's the pro- that's the problem with him. It, it's it's not only the the play on the field that's kind of hasn't you know played out yet. He hasn't. It's that he doesn't pay his debts. It's that he doesn't pay his debts. He's just <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, not a very good clubhouse influence. It seems right. Not very well liked. <laughs> no. All right. I'm sorry. I got you guys off track. If, if we want to jump back into the NFL news, we can certainly do so. No, that's fine. That was NFL news. So, oh, Alshon well, yeah. Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. What happened with him? No. Uh, <laughs> Eagles. Um, well, you know, Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz had shown some promise. So, I mean, uh, when he's playing up to his potential, he's a p- top 10 wide receiver, don't you think? Alshon Jeffrey? Talent-wise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One-year, $14 million deal. Uh, actually turned down supposedly a multi-year deal uh, with the Vikings. Uh, I guess he's I don't blame betting him. on himself. Yeah, would you want to go there with Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford or, throwing you the ball five, <laughs> or ten, five yards out? Yeah, <laughs> neither one of them could, could throw the ball further yeah. than like two yards. To be honest, 
I'm not a huge fan of this move either. No, me neither. Not for fantasy purposes. Mm. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. There's still Jordan Matthews. And yep. they traded, and they, they got, got Tory Smith Torrey as well. Smith, right. There's Zach Ertz. You know, they, they have a lot of running backs. Jordan Matthews, rumors, Darren Sproles could catch the ball out of the backfield. Rumors that, you know, Jamal Charles could be on his way there. Mm-hmm. The big winner here, though, is Carson Wentz, I think. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, I mean, he showed flashes, especially early on, that he has the potential to be a, a top-notch And And their big issue last year was, like, who is going to step up besides Jordan Matthews? Like, mm-hmm. it was, we saw a who's who of garbage wide receivers lining up opposite of him. Right. So now, you know, he is going to have a guy who... You know, even if he's in, like getting a little pressured, he could toss it up there, and a couple of times a game, Alshon will come down with it. He has a deep threat now in Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, Jordan Matthews who will be in the slot where I feel like he's best utilized. Yep. Zach Ertz across the middle. He is, and the thing we we forget about Wentz, he has a strong arm, and he he is a good athlete. Like he could add some value with his right. legs. So is he a QB one? No, but. I mean, his stock is in the right direction. Right. So, I mean, you don't like this for fantasy in terms of uh, Jeffrey. For Alshon, yeah. no. I feel like we keep saying this with all these moves, like the Patriots, the Giants, and all the moves are benefiting the teams from a real-life perspective, and it yeah. makes total sense for them to do so. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good fit. They have Alshon Jeffrey, who really is a complete receiver. He can go deep. He's a possession guy. He runs good routes. Mm-hmm. He can do it all. And then you have Torrey Smith, who can – he's a burner. He can take safeties his way. You have a good slot receiver. You have running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield. But there are a lot of mouths to feed, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that the targets are going to be there for Alshon Jeffrey. Zach Ertz actually you know, led the team in receptions and yards last year, so – there's still a lot of guys here, and I think it it does raise the value of Zach um, of Carson Wentz in a two quarterback league. He's certainly going to be starter worthy as your second quarterback. But I just think all of these moves that we've seen so far mm-hmm. are helping the actual team more than the act- the, the player who's signing there for fantasy. How purposes. dare they? Yeah, <laughs> like, don't thing- they know fantasy football is a thing? A big thing with the wide receivers though is like hey, their value relies on other people as well like maybe Carson Wentz and and Jeffrey don't have that connection or mm-hmm. or maybe you know he preferred he feels more comfortable throwing to Jordan Matthews like obviously Jeffrey's going to get his but is he going to get enough where he lives up to what his ADP is going right, to be right right okay all right so uh the Texans traded away their client Brock Brock I like it nobody could do it like Greg Sussman though uh, no, he put so much life and enthusiasm it. into it That's, I love Haven These what did Maryland do last night by the way I don't know I'm gonna look it up I'm gonna uh. text Greg say call in and just say Barack Osweiler <laughs> uh, have him just tape it this way we have it as uh, something that we just punch in anytime that's true uh, but the writing was on the wall right uh, Osweiler had a terrible season for the Texans it uh, trickled down DeAndre Hopkins uh, top wide receiver basically lost the season of his career that he's never gonna get back Maryland lost uh, to I Northwestern will, I will Greg to say Barack <laughs> poor Greg he was so pumped for that game uh. I'm hoping that Tony Romo goes here you want him to go to the Texans. Yeah. I talked about that a while ago, right? It makes sense. I mean, he's yeah. a Texas guy. I, I don't know where he's from originally, but he's been, he's been, in been Texas playing in Texas for a long for, time for now. many yep. years. It just seems like a natural fit. It, he has him. a better chance of winning the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have the same... This is a great point that Dave Martinez brought up uh, the other day, is that you don't have those edge rushers in the AFC West coming after you if you go to the Broncos mm-hmm. because they have a ton of edge, great edge rushers there. Mm-hmm. So you go to the AFC South where the defenses aren't as good. You stay in the warm weather uh, in Houston. You have a great target in DeAndre Hopkins, great defense. Right. 
And you have a, a pretty good damn running back, too, with Lamar Miller. So everything is in place and makes sense for him to go to Houston. Yeah, plus, I mean, while the Broncos' wide receivers took a little bit of a step back last year, they were still res- like respectable and usable in fantasy with Simeon. You know, you know, Nuke just completely let us down. And I feel like with Romo there, they could probably get the most out of him for the six games Romo plays. Right. No, I'm just kidding. It, it, it's very possible, though. I mean, yeah. you're, you're kidding, but... It's what's been happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you were to go there, where do you think DeAndre Hopkins is justified being he drafted? He would go in the top 10 wide receivers again. But do you think, is he a first round pick? Uh, I think he would go in the second round. Yeah, I agree. Second round. And I mean. What about you, Frank? You would take him in the first round if Romo was there? I think he's a borderline first round pick. Mm-hmm. I think he's right there. There will um, be people who will spend a first round pick on him. Mm-hmm. An yeah. argument that they had yesterday on Old School Fantasy was. Uh, Corey was defending DeAndre Hopkins, and Scott was defending Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. So who would you rather have between those two? Jordy Nelson. I think I, think I do. <laughs> I lean that way as well. <laughs> because as, as talented as DeAndre Hopkins is... He's really did, done it know, once, we haven't We haven't seen him but with Romo yet. So here's the thing, though. And Romo is injury-prone, too. Yeah. I mean, Jordy Nelson does it year in and year right. out. And you know even the, coming off an ACL yes. injury. You already know the top running backs are going to go. And then there's Brown, Beckham, Julio, mm-hmm. A.J. Green, I'd say. We already said we'd go Jordy... Um, Des Bryant, like like you kind of run out of spots in the first round. Mm-hmm. If Romo, if Romo's there, I'd rather have Hopkins and Bryant than Des. All right, you guys uh, agree with that? If it, say it again, if if Romo goes to Houston, I'd rather have Hopkins and Des. Uh, I can see that. Wow, that's a tough one for me. And and you know I'm a Giant fan, so I hate the Cowboys. But you take emotions out of the picture. I don't know. That's a, that's very close for me. What How about, about you, Hopkins or Hilton? I would go Hilton, I think, as of now. March 11th. Yeah, I think I'd go Hilton as well. Can't what about you? So, so that's like six wide receivers uh, right there. I think Hilton as well. Yeah. yeah, that's six. And, you know, we already said three running backs. We would only need, like, two three more people to, to get in the first mm-hmm. round before mm-hmm. he becomes a second-round pick. Okay, how about this? Something that we didn't really get to, but Michael <laughs> Thomas yeah. without Cooks or DeAndre Hopkins with Romo. That's it's really close. <laughs> They're all staring out into the distance. I think, I, I'm thinking I would, pro- as of now, I'd probably say Nuke, but it is extremely close. I, I love Michael Thomas in this situation now. Yeah, I, I think Thomas takes a big step up, obviously, with, with Cooks there, uh, with Cooks gone. The only thing I would say about the Saints situation now is they brought in Ted Ginn Jr., so he's going to be Cooks' replacement. He's going to be the deep ball guy. They still have Willie Sneed. Kobe Fleener is what he is. Like, I do think Michael Thomas is going to be the top target, but we've seen year in and year out, historically, no matter who Drew Brees has on his team, he spreads the ball around. The Even when he had Jimmy Graham, to, to he spreads the ball around. Right, right. I don't think Ted Ginn is going to get nearly as many targets as I'd agree Brandon with Cooks, and I think a lot of them are going to go Michael Thomas's way. I think they mm-hmm. know they have something special in Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I had some people, I saw some people on Twitter yesterday saying that Michael Thomas is going to be a first round pick. I don't know if I necessarily agree with That's that because he'd have bit. to go over T.Y. Hilton probably. Mm-hmm. You know what's over happen. AJ Green. Right now it's March. He's going to get super hyped. Yeah, up. and yeah. If, if Romo goes there, so is Nuke though. But but he's as we get there, the hype is going to keep going up and up and up. And we see it every year. People, the the first round changes. The end of it, I would say, changes pretty dramatically. I would say mm-hmm. from like the end of the NFL season to the start of the. Next. So real quick, where do you think uh, that Romo does end up? Do you think it's it's with the Texans? Yeah. I think I them trading Brock, it, they wanted Has to free up salary. Released? 
Tony Romo? Yeah. No, not yet. Because they're still trying to work on a trade. Right. Because they'd rather get something than nothing. If you're uh, Jerry Jones, do you really want him... In the same state as him? I mean, he's not going to be in the same conference regardless. If you trade Mm -hmm. him to Houston or trade him to to Denver. Yeah. But still. I I haven't checked the Cowboys' schedule, so I don't know if he plays either one of those teams this Mm -hmm. year. I'd have to look into it. Could be a smack in the face to him. (laughs) Seriously. To to Jones, if... I mean, Jerry Jones, he is a... You know, he's a big ego guy, too. So, I mean... That's, that's, that could be that's why good, they're looking to trade him instead of just, you know, releasing him. Yeah, but, I mean, are you going to spend that much money on a backup quarterback? <laughs> mm. uh, it's probably better spent elsewhere. All right, well, we're gonna the take Cowboys it. do play the Denver Broncos this year in Denver. Do they? Hmm. Yeah. So that would be that would certainly be interesting. I don't, know, I don't know if it would be a slap in the face of the Cowboys. Like, you got Dak. You got your franchise guy of the future. It's not really. Maybe I shouldn't on. have said slap in the face, but it could be embarrassing for him. If they lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, they, well, Danny Woodhead signed with the Ravens. Yeah. He, and Kenneth Dixon now was the suspended. the first four games right? yep, with yeah. a PED suspension. Oh, this hurts Dixon. Of, yeah. not, not only just the suspension, but yeah. you know the fact that when there is passing situations, it's clearly going to be Woodhead in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were expecting Kenneth Dixon to take that step forward as an yeah. every down back. Everyone and a was lot asking people... about him last year because he yep. had that great training camp. Then he got hurt, and they're like, "What?" You know, asking us questions. When should, is it time to pick him up? Yeah. Is it time to pick him? This was supposed to be his season. And yeah. if they still have Terrence West from a running back perspective, it, it makes sense for them to start him, use him on the early downs and the short yardage, and then Danny Woodhead as your passing down back. Yeah. He's very shifty in the in the red zone as well. So yeah. I, I think Danny Woodhead, I think this is a great pickup for the Ravens. Sure. Joe Flacco doesn't throw yeah. the ball down the field already as it is. Right. Uh, I think he's going to be a high-end RB2 for, uh, in, a, in a PPR format. All right. Well, why don't we break right there on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be back. Um, Maybe one more thing in football, but then we got to move on to these outfields. We've got to get it to the outfield. I want to talk some outfielders. Okay, good. All right, we'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Frank Stample, Mike Florio. And Pete Katsadari producing our show, doing a great job as always. Are we done with football, guys? What do you think? Should we? Uh, any other things well, you want to talk about? You want to talk about Tyrod Taylor? We're never actually done. With <laughs> I know. The, I mean, I, I figured maybe if you needed to get something off your chest, I'll no, give you I'm an happy opportunity. They brought him back. We said we all. were going to talk about outfielders. I say let's go into outfielders. Okay. So, uh, what do we think about outfielders <laughs> uh, in terms of depth? Uh, any. I think I mean, you've been doing a lot of mock drafts. You're in the middle now uh, of an NFBC slow draft. Frank, uh, any any trends that you two are, are seeing or in terms of... It's very, it's very top-heavy. It's mm-hmm. obviously a very top-heavy position. And then there's a huge glut in the middle mm-hmm. that I really like. like. The 21 to 30 range, if I could get as many of those guys as possible, I would really like that. And then, in my opinion, it just really it drops off to guys that you don't really want to have as your starters, mm-hmm. but if you wait too long, they're going to end up being your. your, your they're going to end up being your starter in a five outfielder league. Right. But it does. There are guys that can contribute late, but I wouldn't feel comfortable with them as my starter. So right. what I'm trying to say is, I'd like to load up on as many early and often in a roto league if you can. I think you should build your teams from the outfield in. I think there are a lot of infielders, um, and I think there are more talented infielder, infielders that last late into drafts than there are outfielders. I mean, I've found, you know, because I've been doing a lot of mock drafting myself, 
especially in, in leagues where you have to draft and, and roster and start, you know, five outfielders. I agree with you. It gets gets a little thin fairly quickly. But then, you know, you you stuck late with guys like maybe yep. a Josh Reddick, maybe a Jason Worth. In my draft Champions yeah. League, my fifth outfielder is Mitch Hanniger, which mm-hmm. is not ideal. You know and what? I kind of like Hanniger. I kind of like him. I mean, but you, in, in most leagues, you don't want him to be your starting outfielder. Yeah. Like, you want to take a shot on him with upside in as your backup guy. In a 15-teamer, I wouldn't have an issue with it. In a 15-team league, would, would you have a problem with yeah, having I mean, him not, as your fifth outfielder? I'm not super comfortable with it. I do like his upside, but... I feel that in a 15-team league, you're never going to love your team. That's true. No? Like, there, there are I mean, going to be holes somewhere. Yeah, yeah of course. I kind of agree with you guys on the position, though. I feel like there's like 14 or 15 guys I'd be cool with as my outfield one. Then I feel like the whole middle, it's very, very, very similar players. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a little bit different than you guys, I guess, towards the end later rounds. Like, like, you know, from outfield 40 on, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of guys that have potential. Like, yeah, they may not hit, but like, there's guys like, I mean, just to name a few, like, I like Jock Peterson. I like Yasiel Puig. See, I like them, but they come with a lot of baggage as well. Like, I love Jock Peterson, but batting average, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to be perfect and players. Puig, he's got so much potential, but he's when the heck can we get this spring. He hit a home run off of Cole Hamels. Mike, he, you're falling for it. A lefty and a righty yesterday. You're falling for it, it again, Mike. He just gets so distracted so that, easily. That he, Dude, he's he the Michael Floyd of... Of baseball, and you're falling for Michael Floyd. I don't know. I don't know. They're saying he could play every day. Jock Peterson's going to play every day. I'm. I'm. I really like this Dodgers lineup. But there's other guys too. You know, like Keon Broxton goes decently late. I'd say he's uh, shooting up. Draft Kevin boards. Kiermaier goes after mm-hmm. outside the top. Kevin 40. Kiermaier has gotten a little bit better. He's I, he's underrated. Yeah, I mean everyone always used to love him for his glove. He has a great glove still, but his offense is starting to. You know, take hold a little bit more. Yeah, well. I think you could draft him and expect 15 homers, mm-hmm. 30 stolen bases, but he's going to give you like a 250 average. Right. He's a guy I would like as my fourth, fifth outfielder right. if you could. You, you but, prefer uh, to have him over Hanniger? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Okay. He's getting drafted much higher, too. Mm-hmm. For instance, I took Hanniger in the 20th round, and Kevin Kiermeyer, I believe, went in the 12th. Currently looking for it. I can't find it, but I'll look mm-hmm. it up. Uh, oh yeah, he went in the twelfth round. He went at the at the end of the twelfth round. So he's, I mean, he's going considerably much, much earlier than Mitch Haniger. But I think it makes sense too because we've seen we've seen flashes from Kiermaier already at the major league level. Batting average might not be great, two fifty guy, but he could give you fifteen home runs and probably approach thirty bases if he plays one hundred and fifty plus games. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Uh we are we're going to try to do we're not going to get to them today so you're going to have to listen to us on our Monday show fancy first look uh, we'll start off with the top 50 uh, outfielders obviously the hands down number one is Mike Trout do we need to spend too much time on no. him I mean no, five, I tool, he's, he's yeah, five tool guy uh, how long do you think he's going to be able to keep on putting up the, those stolen base numbers I mean, as long as, for a while. I mean, he's a big guy. I think we'll see thing. the the drop off. I think is pretty natural with a lot of guys too. Happens, We've seen yes. it happen with McCutcheon. Like mm-hmm. once you approach thirty, I think it just kind of yeah, starts to fall off. His body type. Mike Trout is twenty four. Yeah. yeah. So I think we have a good yep. four 
years left of Remember, at least 15 to 20 plus we, we saw it him start to fall off in that category two years ago and then he said I'm going to steal more bases right. and then he came out and stole more bases He's yeah. amazing. So, yeah. stolen bases are not really a talent thing it's, it's just, just how often you're going to run yeah. if you also say I want to go out and steal more bases as well right if you say I want to go out and steal more bases then you're going to do it it's mm-hmm. just it's really up to you know whoever if you're on if you're on base and you say that I want to steal bases and Mike Trout's going to be on base yeah mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a, a, a skill thing. It's just whether or not you choose That's to do it or the right situation. It worries me with George Springer saying he's only going to run when the necess- when the situation mm-hmm. calls for it. Oh, because, this is something I really did want to bring up too. So that's going to hurt his his stolen bases. Well, I mean, George Springer to me, I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about him, Frank. It sounds like you have a, a strong opinion on him. You want to share it or? I'm not. I, he won't be on any of my teams this yeah. year. I, I kind of think, I mean, we keep on waiting for him to, I think we expected too much out of him, uh, you know, as a, as a minor leaguer. I mean, we automatically thought he was going to be, you know. We you thought know, he could be like a 40-40 guy, guy yeah. a 30-30 guy. Right. And, and basically last season, uh, what do you have, 29 home runs? That was his highest home run total. But yep. that's because he finally had a full season under his belt, right? It came up to the plate. He played in every times. single game. 744 yeah. plate appearances yeah. last year led all of the MLB. So this is really, in my opinion, his ceiling of production because yeah. he's missed the past couple. Of, he's missed games over the past couple of years, and he needed a full season just to get 29 home runs. Now mm-hmm. the 100, 116 runs scored are elite. That's super elite, and I think that's going to continue. But just we, because of the nature of what he has surrounding him as yeah, well, too, right? The, the offense. I mean, he spoke about it. The reason why he's not going to steal bases is because he said when the situation calls for it and he doesn't want to run into outs on second base with guys up behind him, he said when he's on first base with the players up behind him that are going to bat Altuve, Carlos Correa, he said he feels like he's already in scoring position when he's on first base. So why would you risk it going for second base? I think a lot of people expect the stolen bases to go up because we saw the 16 in 102 games in 2015 but he's openly saying he's only going to run when the situation calls for it. He had nine last year. Mm-hmm. I think that could get a little bit better. I think we could get to 10 to 15. But I can't see it being much more than that. And with him being injury prone over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily help you in batting average. He's probably going to be around league average. The only categories that he's really helping you in are runs scored and home runs as a, as a leadoff hitter. But even there, he's probably still going to be I mean, around league you, average. If he gives you 80... Plus ribbies, that's not hurting you. No, no, it's not hurting you. Like he's contributing in home runs, runs and RBIs. But you could find a ton of outfielders, you know, in round four or five that are also going to do that. If he's not giving you twenty plus stolen bases, I don't think, I don't think his numbers the way they are now and what I would actually project him for warrant him being a late second, early third round pick. So I, I wrote an article for the Roto Experts this week on overvalued players. And uh, I compared uh, one of the, the two of the players I compared were uh, George Springer to Carlos Gonzalez. Based on their average draft position? Well, ADP for Springer in NFBC uh, was number 32, and Gonzalez was 64. Yeah, I, I'd much rather have Carlos Gonzalez. Have to take it's a no brainer for right? I mean, he gives you that higher batting average, you know, 30 plus points more. Power, I even think that Gonzalez, I mean, they're kind of equal. But yeah. Gonzalez might have the slight edge. I mean, and he plays in Coors Field. Yeah, <laughs> I think that has to do more with the perception. Like, like because if Springer was going, if you flipped those ADPs, we'd all be saying we'd rather Springer. Mm-hmm. So it's just a perception that Springer is going to do more for you. He's actually 
not like I, I can get your point. Like he's not worth the ADP, but it's not like this guy is is going to go up and be a bust. Like you're going to. Don't you think he's a little overrated though? Forget I about do. what I said I with really the ADPs do. and Carlos Gonzalez. I mean, like Frank said, I mean everybody was anointing him as this potential forty forty guy. Maybe it could happen. I don't know. But I mean, what if the last a, year was a damn good season? You're yeah, drafting but, but him look, based on him leading the league in played appearances yeah. again and playing 162 games. Meanwhile, the year before he played 102 because of injury, and in 2014 he played 78. He also struck of out 178 well, he times. He got called a, up in 2014 in the middle of the season. But he still, I know that he got hurt that year too. Like he missed a chunk of the second half because he got hurt. For his career, he struck out 401 times in 342 games. Oh no, he's not great plate discipline. Yeah. I think, yeah, I could agree with you that maybe he's going a little bit too soon. Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him in the second round. But I don't think he's one of those guys like you're going to draft him and he's going to let you down. Like, if you take him and you're expecting 25 to 30 homers, you know, a, a great source of runs, 80 plus ribbies, and 10 to 15 stolen bases, I think you could pencil him in for that and you're going to get that. And and there's a lot of players that you can't say. I that think for. his batting average is capped maybe at 260, 265. No. I mean, two years ago, he had 276. Mm-hmm. I would say 275 is probably yeah. his max. I just think that the counting stats that he had last year were based on him leading the league in plate appearances and based on his injury history. I don't see him repeating that. Like Everything that he did last year was so volume-dependent on him yeah, getting right. so many plate appearances. If you ask me who I'd rather have, George Springer late second or Nelson Cruz early third, or even if both guys are on the board, to be honest, in the early third round, I'm probably going Nelson Cruz. I, I want to talk about Nelson Cruz, too. And why don't we take a break? This good start. Uh, we're going to be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, and Frank Stanfield. And, uh, discussing some of the outfielders that you may be be pursuing in your uh, fantasy baseball drafts. Uh, we're getting close to really uh, prime time draft season, guys, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people already <laughs> have drafts going on. We've seen Tout Wars mixed happen already, the mixed draft. We're going to have the Tout Wars auctions coming up and stuff. Yeah, this is pretty much the time for drafting. This week, The next three weekends are really prime draft time. Yep. So uh, we were talking about uh, George Springer. Before we left, and, uh, and you were talking about Nelson Cruz that you'd rather have him over Springer. I mean, what do you what do you think about Cruz? Like, how long can he keep up this this production? I mean, obviously, he's ha- he's shown that he can handle uh, the park in Seattle. Doesn't matter where he plays. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've always had a problem drafting him because of his PED violation. Uh, but I'm always wrong. Yeah, I'm always wrong staying away from him. Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to kind of fade off. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how long do you think he could keep this up? I think he can do it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think, though, it's going to be like a slow decline with him. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's going to, you know, be what he is. And then one year, he's going to come out and hit, like, 20 homers. Mm-hmm. And remember, early on, I mean, he's kind of a guy, one of the guys that I use as, like, an example of why I don't buy into, like, certain guys who are injury-prone. Because right. he could never stay on the field early in his career. And now, I mean, you could bank this guy down for 150-plus games. I don't know how a guy becomes goes from being injury-prone to not being injury-prone. So that's why I think it's more of a luck type of thing. You're injury-prone until you're just not. Yeah, it's more luck, I would say. Cause I, how, like, like once we see one full season out of him, we're like, oh, all right, he's past it. 
pretty much. And that's what would happen but, if, but if, Stanton, if Stanton were to play like 150 games, we'd all be like, oh, he's passing now. But how? I don't, that's just the way people work, Mike. <laughs> I, that's why I think it's a it's a flawed logic. But I mean, like like going back to Cruz, everything he's done last year, it, it's just shouts you know sustainable from what he's done this yeah, past couple yeah. of years. He's come out this year and he's hitting the ball well in spring training. I mean, I don't really worry about him. Three straight seasons, <laughs> forty plus. forty plus <laughs> home runs. Look, he's going to give you. 35-plus every single year. And, that, and based on what we just said, that's a conservative projection because while he's been in Seattle, 44 home runs and 43 home runs. So even if you pencil him in for 35-plus homers, mm-hmm. close to 100 RBI, uh, 90 runs scored, a 280 batting average, he's been money. He's been right on that the past couple of years. You add Gene Segura to that lineup, Jared Dyson. What does he you have even more undetectable. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> But as as long as he's contributing yeah, like this, absolutely. I still think he should be an early to mid third round pick. I'd mm-hmm. take him over George Springer. I would take him over John Carlos Stanton in a mm-hmm. heartbeat because really we're drafting John Carlos Stanton to do what Nelson Cruz has actually done. So, so, so why don't we just Stanton draft the guy up. who does it? What do you think it? about Stanton in terms of? Are you worried? I mean, you just talked about not buying into the injury prone. Uh, I, I buy into thesis. it if a guy has like, like a nagging injury, like he keeps hurting his hamstring right. or something like that. But like John Carlos Stan got hit in the face, yes, stuff like that. Well, like, some say that you know he kind of has bulked up so much that he's kind of leads himself to have these kind of nag. I mean, obviously working out too much is not going to get you get is, hit in the face. He is a monster. I stood next yeah. to him one time. Mm-hmm. I've never been more physically intimidated in my life. Like, yeah. like I was direct, like I walked past him and I looked mm-hmm. up at him and like, you know baseball jerseys players yeah. like they're kind of loose and stuff? Yeah. No, you saw like this guy's like muscles like <laughs> popping out and uh-huh. I was just like, he could literally pick me up and snap me in half if he wanted to. <laughs> Did you ask him out on a date? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I just was this by the way? This was at City Fields. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I walked back past in him. Uh, Mike's beat reporter day I covered like two or three Met games in my <laughs> oh, day. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, With Scott you. Engel. Uh-huh. And yeah, that happened, and I was just like, oh my God. It's hard to call a man of his stature a jobber. Yeah. But in the 1 to 10 range, if I'm if I'm choosing any player out of these guys to be a fantasy jobber this mm-hmm. year, it's him. I'm not taking him. I was surprised that both he and Pollock are in the top 10. And... And you know I'm a big Pollock guy. I, I just bought his player shirt. Mm-hmm. And we know, at least we've seen Pollock in a, over a full season, you know, put together top five player results where he's going to help you in all five categories. Stanton, we know what he could do. Like, he's hit 37 homers multiple times. I'm looking at his 162-game average, if he could ever play a full season, I mean, he's a... 41 home runs, 106 runs batted in. Wow, that sounds a lot like what Nelson Cruz does every single year. <laughs> exactly, right? Mike, uh, who would you take between Stanton and Cruz? I would take Cruz. Not only that, like, all right, so my rankings are points league rankings, mm-hmm. but I have amongst outfielders, I have Stanton 15. Like, I do have, you know, Yoannis Cespedes, J.D. Martinez, guys like that ahead of him. And I feel like I would, like, right now in my draft champions league, I, I'm my next pick is in the third round. Mm-hmm. And I am hoping that like Cespedes falls to me. Mm-hmm. Giancarlo Stanton would be like a fallback to me. I feel like, even though I know his potential is higher, I I don't like. It's not even like the fact that we haven't seen him play a full season. When he like last year, the the first half that he got onto, he was struggling a bit. Like I do like the potential this guy has. I think he's the most exciting guy in baseball. But like Cespedes and JD Martinez and Carlos Gonzalez, these are more proven players. I right. feel like. 
JD Mar- Martinez is a good comp too because he's actually missed a ton of games over the past couple of years. He's another one where you say, oh well, if he can ever put it together, a couple of years ago he he had the the thirty eight home runs. But, I mean, very similar to Stanton, and he's probably he's going later than him. It, it's crazy to me that Giancarlo Stanton, according to NFBC ADP, is actually going ahead of Nelson Cruz. It, it's just absolutely baffling to me. Even if it's close, it shouldn't be because you're drafting Stanton for his upside to be what Nelson Cruz already does every single year. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know what I think a lot of it is, though? Because in, in like these NFBC leagues... You know, you play to win your league, but you're also playing against the entire field. field. Yep. So I think a lot of people are seeing this and thinking, John Carlos Stan, if he plays 162 games, he could hit 50 home runs. He could mm-hmm. drive in 120 runs. Right. And they're probably going for that high upside. The likelihood of that happening is not very good, though. Like, the chance of Nelson Cruz playing 150 games and hitting 40 home runs with 100 RBIs are much higher. I agree. Whereas yeah. it doesn't I, give I you the same that. upside, but, you know, I just think Stanton... Even comparable to Nelson Cruz, I mean, the batting average is much lower, too. I mean, not a good lineup, not a good ballpark. Not that the ballpark matters for him because he can hit anywhere, but, mm-hmm. I mean, especially the batting average. He's like a career, two, I believe, like 260 yeah. bat, uh, batting average. Yeah. Nelson Cruz has consistently been over 280 each of the past three seasons. Yeah. So you, uh, during the commercial break, we were talking a little bit about Bryce Harper um, and uh, how you feel like... He'll almost do anything to help his team. Yeah. Right? He's such a gamer, too. Mm-hmm. It's like last year he was dealing with the shoulder injury, and it came out after the year and uh, after the season ended and said, you know, it was affecting his ability to hit and hit for power, hit for average all around. And he probably realized that, look, if I can't help my team with my power, then I'm going to try to help them on the base paths. I think he's that much of a competitor that that's why he ups his stolen bases. And, you know, something that we were just talking about. Stolen bases are not necessarily a talent thing. they just whether or not you choose to do it. So he chose to steal 20 last year. I don't know that we can necessarily bank on that happening again. I think he'll probably be closer to like 15 or 12. But with Any Harper... concerns with him in terms of his injury history? I mean, he's got off to a great start in spring training, too. I think that's uh-huh. what... This is what we should use spring training for, is to see how guys who are coming off of big injuries, especially big-name yeah. players, how they bounce back and how they do in the spring. And he's looked great uh, thus far. He's a guy to me where in NFBC, if you want to take a guy for upside, if you're trying to win the whole thing, he's one of the widest range of possibilities of what you can get because you could get a you get a 35-40 home run season with 15 stolen bases and a 300 batting average out of him, but at the same time, his range of what you could get is very far. We could, you know, if if the shoulder is affecting him again this season, then we could get another you know 20 home run, 15 stolen base season. So the range of what you could get out of Harper is huge, but if you're going for it all... That's why he goes number three at the it, position. It makes sense why he should be a middle to late first round pick. I have no problem with where he's going. I actually kind of like it. I think he's going to be better than last year, but I don't know if he can ever replicate 2015 again. I would not be surprised if that goes down as his best year because it was a historic season. Like yeah. It's one of the greatest offensive seasons that we have seen in recent history. His first half... And that's crazy to say about him, too, because he's so young. Right? Yeah, like We might have seen the best season out of him He's 24, already. but his first... I remember writing about him last year. His first half was like off the charts historically good. Like You could put his first half up against the numbers of guys in the PED era, and it holds up. He came a little bit back down to earth in the second half. Still great player, you know, you would production that you would take easily from mm-hmm. the number 1 spot, but not nearly as to that extent. I mean, 42 homers, 118 runs, 99 RBI and a 3.30 average. That's going to be hard. like putting those lofty expectations on someone is unfair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll ever hit 3.30 again. I think he's more of a 280 to 300 hitter. 
I think he could hit 40 home runs again. At Yankee but, Stadium, probably, as a left-handed batter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe is really rooting for this. No, no, Joe, no. you think you could pull some strings, like, you know, work your magic and kind of... Dad's what, working on what it. What I'm hoping happens, <laughs> I'm hoping he says, I'll sign with you if you don't make me shave. You make me shave, I'm going elsewhere. Could you imagine? You know what's funny? I actually read a story about this last night specifically, because I was Googling Bryce Harper to see how he's doing with his health or whatever coming off the injury. And I came across that story, and apparently Chasen Shreve, who is a Yankees reliever, uh, has been good friends with Bryce Harper since they were kids, and they mm-hmm. grew up in Vegas together. And he actually has spoke to Bryce Harper about this exact thing. <laughs> and Bryce said that you know he cares about winning and caring. He cares about his team so much and just being competitive that he will do whatever's asked of him. Wow. Well, so Clint Frazier cut he's his hair yesterday. He's been since he's 10 years old, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Maybe he's tired of it, though. You know, He's had it for a long time. He's like, oh, let me change up the look. It does suck that Clint Frazier had to uh, the, shave the, Such a stupid the, the flowing he red locks. It was becoming a distraction. Such a stupid so, rule. Hey, I, I kind he, of you know, agree, he, but... He didn't care, though. Like yeah. In an interview afterwards, he said, you know, it comes with the territory. Yeah, it, yeah. it was George's rule. Right. And, you know, well, if, if that's what I have to do to wear pinstripes, then I'll do it. And, uh-huh. I mean, of course they're going to say that. They're, they're the team that's paying them a lot of money <laughs> right. to play baseball, but... Come on, you know it's tradition, guys, man. Let these guys the be themselves. Yeah, but I, I agree I'm, with I'm Frank. Cool with it. It's kind of tradition, but and I understand your point. It's what being, separates the Yankees a, a Yankee from hater. every other franchise. I love like being a Met fan and seeing like you know Syndergaard's hair and Degrom's yeah. hair. Like that was you know like yeah. these guys. Oh, they all look like they're. I don't know. Would you rather have hair or rings? I saw a picture <laughs> from the new <laughs> Thor movie. He's going to have short hair in this movie. Thor? The new Thor movie that's going to ah. come out probably in a year or two. Whatever. Oh, starring There's... Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> he will be in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just pretty cool. All right. Uh, why don't we take a break and finish off the show? We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're talking fantasy baseball outfielders. I'm Joe Glean. I'm here with Frank Staffel. I'm here. With Michael Florio. You're... <laughs> uh, so what are you guys doing this weekend? What's what's going on? Uh, I know in a, a, about uh, 15 minutes you're going to be doing your basketball show. Yep. Yep, I'll be doing that. And then uh, tonight I actually have a, a buddy of mine who is, got hired by the New York Mets. Wow. He is going to be working with their spring training team in South Carolina. So tonight I'm going to like a going away party for him. Fantastic. So what happens... like? The, in South Carolina, the, the Mets have a, a year-round camp. No, no, or? they have one of their. I think it's one of their single A teams. Oh, okay, All right. and and he's going to be doing spring training. So, oh, oh no, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he uh-huh. goes down there now, and then he's there. With, I met minor league. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'll be down there all summer long, and to, you know, till whenever they send him back. Okay, what's up with you? Anything uh, good happening this weekend, Frank? No, nothing crazy. Um, after I go home, I actually have a basketball game. Play in a rec league. Oh, that's cool. So I play. I have a game at five o'clock today. All right, so I'm you. looking forward to that. USA Dominican Republic tonight. Yes, there you I'm go. pumped there for that. You go. All right. Uh, so why don't we just finish off uh, with some more outfielders, and then uh, we're not going to get to too many of them. But you could always listen, you listen to us Monday on our Monday night show. We uh, may need Monday and first. next Saturday to finish <laughs> outfield. Yeah, we might not finish till uh, the All Star break, but we'll All we'll right. get there. <laughs> We're moving at a very slow pace. Yeah. But hey, you know, we like to go into detail. We had so much place. NFL news. Yeah, yeah. there was fault. tons, yeah. Starling Marte. Um, I'm a big fan of this guy. Yeah, I mean, a lot year. of people are. Number five on NFBC ADP listings. So his power was a little off. I think it, some of that might have had to do uh, with a couple injuries he had 
you know, didn't have as many at bats. But look, I, I don't think this guy's a thirty home run guy. No, he no, is a thirty steal guy. He's never hit twenty home runs. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be a ten to fifteen what? home run guy. I think we thought. Many people thought that eventually, and and as you get older, you start to get a little of that man strength, and you thought that maybe he could have been, you know turned into. Uh, I never got it, Joe. Can you give me some of that man strength? Uh, Joe has the strength of a thousand men. Put it in the form of a, a million. Pr- put it in the form of a prayer. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> maybe you can lend me some of yours. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, are you high on him, uh, Mister Stample? Yeah, yeah. I love him as a second-round pick here. Mm-hmm. Something that I actually I spoke to Mike uh, continuously off-air because he's doing a draft champions right now. I said I love starting uh, with a power hitter in the first round and then going with a Starling Marte or a Jonathan VR in the second because it just kind of seems like you're you're at an advantage for the rest of the draft if you start off with a guy who's projected for 40 or 50 stolen bases. It, it just seems like you're not See, chasing that category for the rest of the draft. The reason right. I passed on Marte is because I don't think he can give you 40 to 50 stolen bases. I know last year I he had 37. 40 to 40. Yeah. yeah, but the two years before that, 30, mm-hmm. he is going to be hitting cleanup as well, at least projected to. I think that's going to factor in. I think you, if you take him, you got to expect 30. I would say like... If you want to be a little bit more generous, maybe you put him at forty. Is I, he playing center field this 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 year as well? Polanco is. Polanco is okay because I was going to say maybe I think he steals forty easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look what he did last year: forty-seven stolen bases and fifty-nine attempts. Those were both second in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Like both categories, By the way, stolen you, bases. You talked and, about and, Springer before. And him saying that he doesn't want to run anymore. Maybe he just can't because I was looking at his stats at the commercial. Uh, Nineteen attempts, only nine. Successful. Yeah, he actually, uh, George Springer actually had more caught stealing last year than stolen bases. That's actually a good point. I know that Marte's stolen base total has kind of been all over the place. He's been more in the 30 range, but I think last year was something that he was consciously trying to do. I think he was consciously trying to hit for more batting average, taking more of a contact approach. Uh, I saw that his uh, career high 25% hits going to the opposite field. So I think this is something he was consciously trying to do. The 311 batting average, 34 doubles were also career highs. I think he was trying to hit for less power, uh, shortening up his swing, trying to get on base more, uh, maybe some singles, some doubles. And I think that the stolen bases are legit. I think that he's going to give you 40 stolen bases. Look, last year, he stole 47 in only 129 games. So if he... I know he misses time every year. He's probably going to miss 20 to 25 games a season. But if he plays that much, I still think he's a lock to get 40 stolen bases. Mm -hmm. And not only that, he helps you in the batting average department. He's going to hit around 300. The home runs are not great. He's going to give you 10 to 15. But unlike D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton... I'm looking at his three-year doubles... Numbers twenty nine, thirty, and thirty four. Yeah, and you know we're joking around about man strength, but you know in time he's still fairly young. He's twenty seven. You know, I mean he could turn into maybe a twenty five homer guy. You know, not a perennial thirty homer guy, but some of those doubles could turn into home runs. Maybe down the road, I yeah. think for this season alone, though, if I'm projecting him, 15? I'm probably going for ten to fifteen. Okay. Like I think that's where he's at. I think ten I might think... be a little too low. I'm going fifteen. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather wait around and get AJ Pollock? Yeah, that so was an, if you that, buy AJ Pollock, that's another then, guy I was going to try to finish off with today. I mean, AJ Pollock, that's certainly fine. And like he has done everything better than Mar- like he stole thirty nine bases two years ago, hit three fifteen, hit twenty homers, scored one hundred eleven runs. There risk with Pollock? Come on, I feel like there's some risk, but I don't know. Like I don't think he's just going to go out there and break his elbow. 
Like <laughs> He's already done it twice, and he has these metal plates and screws in his elbow. Talk about a guy who constantly puts it all out on the field. He makes diving grabs. Mm-hmm. He's going to be throwing the ball a ton this year uh, from playing center field for the Diamondbacks. I'm just I'm really worried about it. I'm worried about the elbow. I get what you're saying. Like if you buy Pollock, if you think he can play 140 plus games this year, then yeah, it certainly makes sense for you to wait around Seventh and take AJ Pollock. But uh, me, yeah. I, I just I'm a little worried about the elbow and you know playing center field every day. I think it might catch up to him again. Uh, so I'm worried about it. I, I don't have faith in AJ Pollock staying healthy for the whole season. I think we could see him miss significant time. So I'm not really in on him on a third as a third round pick. But if you wanted to take him, I, I certainly have no problem with him if you believe in it. I just, I don't. I believe in Stalling Marte. I right. do because the thing is, he, like Frank said, he did had his, hurt his elbow and then he came back. And in his major league career, he's been, he's thrived. Like, mm-hmm. in, we saw Flash, like, in a small sample size in 2015, he, he I mean, sorry, in 2014, mm-hmm. he was killing it. And, and that's why I was very high on him coming into 2015. Last year, the way he got hurt was like his hand got caught like in the under the catcher spike, I believe. Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I, there is risk to it. I would definitely agree with that. But I'm, I'm a believer in AJ Pollock. I think Starling Marte, who's also going to bat cleanup. Don't don't forget, he's going to be able. He's going to give you RBI. He's going to have some guys uh, I mean, hitting he ahead played of him. Primarily hit primarily cleanup last yeah, year. Yeah, which is crazy. Right? He only had 46 RBI. So he's never been a big guy who like. I, I don't know. I, I think if you if you get seventy to eighty ribbies out of him, you're you're very very happy. But that's the thing; he doesn't hurt you in any category. At I mean, forty six like, ribbies is going to hurt you. But I don't I don't see that repeating. I know that he hit cleanup last year, but I just can't imagine for two years in a row him hitting cleanup and only getting forty six RBI. I just but, can't imagine. But even that. if that increases by twenty, I feel like that's kind of hurting you. So my, give me a but quick, he's better. But compared to like a Billy Hamilton oh or no, a he's, D. Gordon, he's like, better than those guys. Him, obviously, that's why he's going rounds higher. But even based on like a Jonathan like, VR, I'm like cool. Jonathan VR is probably. You think Jonathan VR hitting either leadoff or second? He's probably not gonna. I know he had a lot of RBI last year, but is he gonna give you more than sixty? Probably not. And at least Starling Marte, who's hitting cleanup. He can give you 70. He could probably score 80 runs. He's going to hit 300, 40 stolen bases. I took VR over Marte tonight, today, mm-hmm. because I feel like if you're going paying for a guy with stolen bases, why not go with a guy who can give you 60? I think 50 is a lock for him, whereas Marte, I said, I, I feel more comfortable with 40. Great stuff, guys, and we still have a lot to do on Fantasy Baseball Outfielders. Stay tuned for Fantasy Basketball Weekly. For me, Joe Galena, Mike Florio, Frank Stample, Pete Katsudori. Have a great one.